Welcome to Monday Morning Coffee with Inside the Firm. Each week, our hosts will be interviewing local, regional, and national business leaders to give you an inside peek into how they lead their business to success in the ever-competitive business climate. Welcome to Monday Morning Coffee with Inside the Firm. Today, our guest is Tasso Rumuliotis. He is the CEO and founder of NUMA which was recently selected by American Express as a small business solutions partner and by Google as a launch partner for Google's business and business messages integration. Before number AI, uh, Tasso founded Location Labs, who was an early pioneer in mobile and location-based technology. He built it to 200 plus people and eventually sold Location Labs for 20, 220 million with only 19 million of primary capital invested. He has an MBA from Harvard Business School and a Bachelor of Commerce from McGill University in Montreal. Tasso, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Lance, and great pronunciation of my name. Yeah. I, I, I don't, Usually I have to rehearse that, but you got it right the first time. Well, I, you, what you don't know is I rehearsed it a little bit beforehand with your, with your assistant, who's also on, on the call, kind of is listening in. So yeah, thank you. <laughs> it's a, not an easy one, but man, what a cool name. Um, before we kind of get into things, if you could tell the audience a little bit more about yourself, um, how did you get into the tech field, and then what led you to found NUMA? Well, so, um, you know, I think my entire life has been about entrepreneurship. Uh, I grew up in a family uh, of my, my parents were immigrants from Greece, and they had to start, they had to be entrepreneurs just to uh, survive. And so that's the only life I knew, including working, uh, you know, every day, you know, weekends. Um, I think my parents... Uh, went eight years without taking with the taking only kind of like half day off for Christmas while they were running their business. So, um, you know, I mean, that, that, that was kind of the, the only life that I knew. Um, and then, um, so I, my, my dream was always to start a business and I started my career at places like Bain, Bain Company. Uh, and then after business school, I said, look, you know, I've got the requisite skill set to start a business. Um, and what I, um, you know, I, I said, I want to do something that's going to uh, really kind of take advantage of new things that are happening in the world, which obviously happen to be technology for the most part. Um, and at my first startup was very much focused on location. Uh, and this was kind of think about early 2000s before the iPhone and the Android came out. Um, you know, we knew because of these mandates that the government put on the cell phone companies that there was GPS and location in all these phones. And it was just being used for you to dial, when you dial 911 on your phone, for them to know where you are and come and get you in case of emergency. Uh, and we viewed that as being kind of an underutilization. There's monster hidden asset value in that. So that's what really excited me, the combination of starting a business and taking a new technology with humongous applications, which we've kind of subsequently uh, have come to all experience with apps like Uber that allow you to take the GPS on your phone and do amazing things with it. So that was kind of, I think what, it, what it really excites me is new, interesting technologies that we know are going to change um, society and how society uses and interacts with the technology. Location is one. Um, and that was my first company. And then with NUMA, you know, what we saw with my team, and we all got back together, was the, the, the band got back together, if you will, for, for NUMA, um, is uh, that, you know, what we noticed was that if you look at places where uh, you know, where, where consumers are, um, you know, a, a communicating with business in new ways. And that was actually, our, our inspiration was very much China. Um, the company in China 
um, that manages interactions with people. There's no real, there's no Facebook in China. There's a company called WeChat. And WeChat is how you communicate with not just your friends, like a Facebook Messenger or a WhatsApp or an iMessage here, but it's also how businesses communicate. And, and you know, it turns out when you talk to people, and this is just very much so many things, so many things in business are, are common sense. I mean, nobody really likes calling a business and waiting on hold and dealing with a grumpy person who's trying to like seat someone at a restaurant. Excuse me, at a restaurant. Those aren't those aren't. Uh, you know, positive interactions. And in fact, our human brain, we have this cognitive load that's required every time we interact with the human. And, you know, the, the brain is the largest energy consuming organ of your body. Um, and we look at, we're looking for shortcuts. And what we determined is that, you know, look, I mean, we'd much rather message a business or digitally interact with them rather than having to call them. Uh, and that was the genesis of what NUMA uh, started as. Uh, so initially we went to these businesses and we said, you know, we went to a variety of businesses from spas and salons to florist shops to restaurants. Uh, and we said, Hey, how about we message enable your business? And they said, that's like nice and all, but uh, I don't have a messaging problem. I'm not like, there's not a gazillion messages coming in that I can't respond to. That's not my issue. Um, but they said, I still have my phone and people still call me. I just don't pick it up more than 50% of the time. And it turns out the statistics show that almost 70% of phone calls into small businesses, and that's like you know, everyone from, from plumbers to restaurants to spas to you know, dentist's office and doctor's offices and uh, you know, real estate leasing agents who are missing customers. Everyone's missing customers because people are still reaching out on phone. That is still a way people do things. He said, can you help me with that? We said, huh, okay. So this is where the evolution where, you know, in kind of a, in kind of startup tech terms, you talk about things like product market fit, uh, where we went in with one solution and came out the, the, the other end was something that was more useful to them that had true product market fit. And that's answering their phones and text messaging customers back and rescuing them. Um, so that's, that's kind of how, uh, you know, we, we, we got started, how I got started in terms of kind of the, the new company, but also the old one as well. Yeah, thank you for that. That, that was very that was very well put. Uh, what what is one uh, what is one benefit of using text with a you know tech sorry with with a fixed cost uh, with no impact on on profit margins? Yeah, so um, so here's the, I would say the biggest impact of this solution on profit margin is very very clear. The return on investment is very clear uh, for for retailers for people who buy the service, and that's you are missing more than fifty percent of the customers that are calling you. Okay, uh, so if you call, if I'm calling a leasing agent to look at an apartment and you don't pick up the phone, well, then I'm going to call the next property. I'm mm -hmm. calling a restaurant for lunch and you don't pick up the phone. You know, I'm going to call the, the, the next sandwich. Like, mm -hmm. It's all lost revenue, lost margin. Uh, so the first thing we do is we actually process your order. I'll, I'll give you the scenario of a restaurant. Okay, um, if I'm calling on the phone and you don't and, and you don't pick up the phone, I'm, I'm, I've lost that customer. Um, so what we do is one thing is we'll text that customer back. We say, if you want to order food, just text order and we process it all from there. That order gets taken via text. So you don't have to have somebody manually enter it into a tablet or write it down or however else they do it. It gets manually, it gets digitally entered into their, into their uh, order system. Gets, the ticket gets printed at the counter, uh, sorry, in, in the kitchen. The, uh, the order gets paid for in the uh, POS system without any human interaction. 
Um, so not only have you rescued the customer and processed the order and sent them a text message letting them know when, it, when, when it's ready and also like, you know, tell us where you are, we'll bring it to your car curbside, all digitally without human interaction. I mean, the, the, the curbside person needs to, needs to bring it to them, but other than that, so you rescue the order and then if you think about it, um, the cost savings for you as a business, if you have to have somebody actually pick up the phone and figure out and, and, and manually enter all that information is also kind of a cost component. So there's two aspects. One is you're increasing revenue. The other is you're actually decreasing the cost. A lot of our customers have stopped answering their phone and are funneling all interactions that, are, that have this, this commercial intent to buy something into a platform which allows them to automate it. So you don't have the human person, you know, keep in mind, humans are, are, are um, uh, as, as wonderful as creatures as we are, we, you know, are expensive and we make errors. People underestimate the error aspect of it. You know, you're talking about a 95% um, success rate, which means 5% of the time there's errors in the order, which causes the customer you know, dissatisfaction, refunds, poor re reviews on Yelp and all that kind of stuff. Uh, so it's a double hit on the profit margin. You kind of—I'm going to go off on a little tangent here because you—you you bring up a really good, a really interesting point um, without you even knowing it. I think, and that is, your what you just described is you're automating a lot of the a lot, a lot of the sequence, right? And you're sort of—I mean, we're we, we, then you talked about humans and sort of how well they make errors. So this is going to be there's going to be less errors involved. So with that automation process. Um, and maybe you could just touch on the subject of, you know, so, something like Andrew Yang, who was running for president uh, earlier last year and then, he, you know, or earlier this year. For anybody who has the fear of this, as we're moving towards more um, artificial intelligence solutions like this, that, that can process things and take out the human aspect of it. Should people be afraid of this or should people, should people embrace it fully? And, and, and why should they if they should embrace it fully? Uh, yeah, obviously, a, a, a kind of a big debate around this. I think there's a few things. Number one is uh, over the course of history, Ludditeism has always been a failed philosophy. Um, you know, the same thing applies with self-driving cars. They talk about the largest profession for men in the country of the United States are drivers, truck drivers, mm -hmm. you know, taxi drivers. Um, you, you can't stop technological process, uh, progress. Um, you'll fall behind. I mean, if you don't let these things evolve and, and thrive uh, in our country, countries like Singapore will just step up and say, thank you very much. And we'll eat everybody's lunch around the world. So progress, we're in kind of this global system where if you're not running you know, as fast or faster than other countries, you'll be left behind and you'll end up you know, being a failed state. So that's kind of overall my, my view of these things. Um, I think, you know, just like we saw, and, it's, and I'm, not the, I'm, I'm like the thousandth person that's been mentioning these things, but, you know, when they talked about uh, anytime, you're, anytime you have uh, new technologies, there's a whole bunch of new jobs that come up, okay? So, uh, you know, we used to have horses, and then when cars came, you know, we needed, you know, mechanics, we needed people to work in, in facility, in, in manufacturing facilities, which is different kinds of jobs. When, you know, electricity came and all of a sudden, you know, we had refrigerators and, and, and uh, other, other you know, uh, televisions that, you know, that, that, that plugged in the walls, a whole bunch of new products that required people to build them and design them and all of those things. You know, the internet brought like web designers. So any new technology 
always brings about new kinds of jobs. Now, I think the big question here that the uh, that, that a more luddite, uh, you know, leaning person will say is that the jobs are very much uh, information technology and, and and development related. So, you know, like most people, you know, if you were if you were a a truck driver, you're not going to be a uh, you know a computer programmer. But the truth of the matter is, if you look at the world moving into a you know, software-focused, software-eating-the-world world, there are plenty of jobs, and I've never run a software company, uh, for folks that, you know, for things like, you know, there's services like customer success, where you don't need to be a, a programmer, but you need to have a, a very kind of, you know, a human touch, uh, where that's required to help get your customers to see what the product is doing, and that's valuable. So I think there's a whole bunch of jobs, that are, new jobs that are going to, that are going to merge, um, that are going to be very high value, that are going to take into account the humanity of it. I mean, that, that is still a missing thing that the AI is very, very far off away from ever being able to solve. Um, and so I think there's just going to be new jobs that are developed. So I, I don't think, like, I think, I think it, is, it is a crime to stop progress yes. um, in, in society. You will fall behind. We see the world of, like, of failed states that have taken wrong policies, uh, policies that, that that constrict growth and constrict merit, you know, meritocratic, um, you know, uh, success of uh, of their populace. Yeah, I would agree fully. I, I, I'm actually really excited about automating, even if it's the smallest things in life. You know, one of the apps I use is Calendly. It, it is it has saved me time. It has saved my customers. Uh, coordination efforts. Yeah. It, it's consolidated the thing. It's taken the human error out out of out of that. Yeah, I, I'm not of the lot of opinion either. I, I hope that um, governments states get out of the way and then we see the experiment happen where people, governments that don't get out of the way and the governments that try to stifle this stuff and, and literally do a crime like you're saying prove that the market really should be allowed to work you know within reasonable bounds right i mean and obviously there can be um things in the market that don't always work out but it, it usually does shift itself away from those things um what what are some ways um, that you see a lot of the people listening to this podcast too are are exactly what you you know what we suggested in this next question, which is they're small to medium sized businesses. How what what are some ways that you see a new technology should be approached for that kind of clientele? Uh, this new technology or just any new technology in general? Uh, this new technology, I, I think the idea that we're you're you're taking the human error out of it and you're automating it in, in in such a fashion that it just becomes easier, and then you're also doubling. You know, you're going from the fifty percent rate of picking up the phone now, ideally a hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so, so I think that's you know that's like it depends on the kind of business that you have, of course. So. Um, if you have a kind of receptionist pool, even you as a small business are answering the, the, the phone yourself, it, you know, it turns out that unlike the home phone, which has obviously become very, has become obsolete, the business phone is still uh, existing, has not declined in terms of you know, stores having business phones. It's still the lowest common denominator for how a customer can reach out to you. So business phones are actually not going away because business is like, hey, I want to like the customer to be able to contact me any way they, 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 they want to, and there's still that phone, so I'm not going to give that up. So you have this phone, and the, right now it is such an analog um, device. You have, to, you have to pick up the phone. You, know, you have to have you know, some like labor pick up the phone. They have to answer kind of questions. The information feedback back and forth is not captured 
So you don't know, for example, if, you're, if I'm starting a small business and I just hired somebody, you know, they might be good, they might not be good. They pick up the phone when I'm not there. They're interacting with the customer. They're rude to the customer. That needs to negative Yelp review for a new business, but just catastrophic. Well, no, you take all of that kind of you know, the, the, the potential negative of, of, of those situations, both from a cost and interaction perspective out of it. So I think if you're a if you're business and you're getting started, I would... Um, you know, and, and you, you're going to get a phone. You need a system that is there that is going to turn, to, you know, give, give your phone superpowers. And that means when you're not there, it's answering questions for you. Um, when uh, the customer wants a very, very kind of transactional, I want to order some food. I don't need to talk to anybody. I want to like pretend to be nice and you know, kind of have like you know my, my brain worry about these kinds of things. I want to be able to process that very, very quickly. I want to pick up, you know, I just like, you're not missing anything that's coming into your, um, uh, you know, any, any, any of your inbounds. Um, and, you know, it, it also like allows you to save labor. Maybe you don't need, like a lot of our, of all of our customers don't have anybody that picks up the phone ever. Um, so I think it's, it's just one of those things where, you know, it's like, it's like, all phones should come with this. I mean, it should really be not even be a superpower. It should be a base feature set in today's world. I mean, we send like 80 trillion messages, you know, uh, as, as, as humans. We, that, the only thing we do more, more than text, send text message and send messages is like blink and breathe as, as, as humans. It's, uh, you know, it's, 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 it's how it's what we do. Yeah. It's very lean startup. You know, that we preach that book all day long, the lean startup. And I, I can't, I can't stress that enough. And the reason why it's so important to start up lean like that is, is number one, obviously you're, you're starting from nothing. So you need to keep your overhead extremely low. But then when you point to periods that we're in now where it's co you know, this COVID related stuff and, and, and you're over, your business has shrunk again. That's the, how, that's how you survive, you know, in, in longevity um, purposes. So, um, maybe you transitioning into that. Maybe you could talk talk, talk to us about some of the post COVID pandemic trends that you're seeing in 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 the industry, such as you know curbside commerce and then text. You've already kind of talked about text or online ordering. So if you could elaborate a little bit more on you know some of these trends that maybe you're seeing people adapt with. Yeah, and I, I can share some statistics uh, from our existing customer base. Uh, so we've seen um, a few. So a few things. We, we we it was a natural thing for us to extend. Uh, the, the product for, for curbside uh, um, communication and, and commerce. Uh, so that's been for, for, for businesses that need that, like, you know, for example, you know, maybe uh, a doctor's office isn't needed, but a, a retailer needs it, a restaurant needs it. And in fact, even what we've seen is a huge surge for spas and salons. So the curbside approach there is we'll let you know when you can, you know, maybe you're parked in the parking lot, stay in, you know, we'll let you know when it's time for you to come in. So even that kind of a curbside for services industries is what we see is, is actually like a, has become a very, very large category, which people aren't talking about. People just assume it's like I go in like I, and the food gets, you know, gets brought to my car, but also waiting in your car to go in for a service, like, like, like get, to get your nails done or for uh, you know, a, a gym class or something. That, that, that's, that's been another big area. Um, so what we've seen, uh, because obviously folks are unable to, for in, in most cases, in, in non-essential businesses, walk into stores, um, is businesses are looking for ways to continue to interact and answer questions for, for, for people. And, you know, because I can't do it face-to-face, which is how I would do it in a typical retail scenario, I'm doing it in other ways. And so we've seen a, a 5X increase, a 500% increase um, in uh, the um, uh, the number of um, 
uh, transactions and messages of businesses. Uh, so, you know, like and a lot of businesses are, are kind of, you know, sitting there, you know, messaging with customers on a continuous basis. And that's how they're doing commerce right now because their physical store in many cases doesn't have the utility of somebody walk, of, of somebody walking in and them interacting with them. So it's been replaced by this messaging uh, approach. That's it was great. I mean, those, those, those numbers are nothing to laugh at 500% increases. That's huge. Right. And I think that's one of the reasons why hopefully this recovery that we're, that we're seeing is, will be quicker, will be our, the tool set that we have now will hopefully allow it to be more V-shaped. I know it's now, you know, depending how you look at it, some people are saying L, but, but it's certainly we're in a better position than we were in 2008 and 2009, um, especially with the lockdown. It was kind of like the, the best of both worlds where a lot of people were able to adapt really quickly. And then we're going to see these giant societal changes as a result too. a lot of people you know, fleeing the cities, moving to the suburbs, um, all, all that kind of stuff. Um, yeah. Maybe one thing that, uh, one thing to kind of wrap up, wrap this up. This has been great, by the way, I really appreciate you, you coming on and all of the insight. Um, and hopefully people will take, take, you know, your, your product up seriously and, and get in touch with you guys and you guys can be off to the races with that, uh, would be, so a question I ask everybody, uh, on this podcast kind of, kind of at the end is, um, knowing what you know now, and if you could travel back in time, what is one piece of advice you would give yourself before starting NUMA? Um, okay. So I think, you know, in, in terms of, in, in my business, I need to sell to small and medium sized businesses. Okay. Uh, and it's a very different kind of a sale than selling into enterprises or into consumers. So I have three tranches of, of your potential customer. You can sell to consumers, you can sell to small and medium businesses, and you can sell to enterprises. Uh, and I think that, uh, uh, you know, um, uh, what I would probably do is look to focus on a couple of verticals, maybe even one vertical. Uh, let's say just salons or just restaurants or just, you know, um, uh, you know professional offices like lawyers uh, and nail that category first. We went very broad at the beginning uh, and we've got a lot of customers from many different, many different verticals, but we see huge uptake in select verticals and we're doubling down on them now. I'd love to, you know, if I could, the advice I give myself is like pick a vertical and focus on that and, and you know, kind of and, and rock that one first before you move on to the other ones. Yeah, that's great advice. I think that applies for anybody is, and basically I think what you're describing is if I'm trying to broaden this for, for the audience, because we, we have a lot of different kinds of businesses and business owners that listen to this show. And that is find a niche that you can exploit and master it. And then learn, learn what you can from that one and then double it or triple it and you just keep multiplying. And that's really the key to success, I think, in a lot of things that we do. Um, yeah. th this has been great. Uh, if, people, if people are interested in NUMA, if they're interested in you, how, how can people get in touch with you? How can they get started with NUMA? Yeah, so um, NUMA is very easy. So just go to NUMA.com. That's N-U-M-A.com. Uh, you can interact with us there. Uh, and then uh, you can uh, find me at uh, tr at numa.com is also the way to reach out to me. Beautiful. Thank you so much for being on the show and uh, good luck with everything you guys are doing. Great. Thanks, Lance.